Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're revisiting or re-re-re-revisiting the 80-20 rule. We've evolved and improved our thinking on the relationship between process and relationships, human relationships, in whether or not a contractor wins a particular bid, a proposal, is, is awarded a contract. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com. And let's get started with our latest thinking on the process to relationship ratio. It's back. We're, we're talking the 80-20 rule again. We're updating the 80-20 rule episodes. We've, we've talked about this multiple times in multiple episodes. Yeah, the original 80-20 rule was back in episode number two, way back in 2014. Over the years, we've learned a lot about how, to, how best to explain and, and apply the 80-20 rule in, in GovCon. Before we get into those explanations and our, our latest update, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Ryan Hendrickson. Ryan is the Director of Innovation at Clarity Business Solutions. He's in the Hanover, Maryland area. I'd like to thank Ryan for liking and engaging our podcast episodes on LinkedIn and specifically for telling us how he found our podcast. When we know how people find us, we can focus our efforts to help more people find us and make government contracting better one contract at a time. Thanks, Ryan. All right, back again to the 80-20 rule, otherwise known as the Pareto principle. Vilfredo Pareto came up with this idea based on it's a, actually it's an economics concept. But what it says is that 80% of our efforts or our outputs come from 20% of the inputs. And so 80% of your results come from 20% of your activities. Important factor here is that this is a, is a precept. It's not a mathematical law. It's not one of those things that applies exactly like this. But what it says is there's a ratio of how much you put in, a disproportionate ratio, how much you put into a particular thing versus how you what you get out from that particular thing. And being aware of the law is very helpful. If you think about that in the opposite way, that last 20% getting from 80% good to perfect takes 80% of the effort because you spent 20% to get to the 80%. Yeah, very useful precept. We've talked about the 80-20 rule in GovCon as the ratio between process and relationships in an acquisition. In business-to-business sales, not the government world, the commercial world, getting to a sale can be 80% relationship and, and 20% process, how you actually close the deal, the paperwork. In, in a business-to-business sale, the relationship tends to be the bigger than process. Uh, a relationship needs to be strong because you're not entitled to know what the evaluation criteria are. In a business-to-business sale, you need the relationship to be able to learn what the evaluation criteria are going to be. Why would they buy from you? Yeah. Right. So, for example, so when Skyway, when we set up a support agreement with a customer, the agreement is going to be based on mostly on relationship because they're buying our consulting and training and access to our team of contracting officers because they have a relationship with us. It, there's a process to build an actual agreement, but that's a small part compared to the relationship they've built through the podcast, through our training, et cetera, and one on one conversations. 
So in this, this, an, this is an 80% relationship because they could get consulting in quotes in a lot of different places. And how they're going to decide to get that actual consulting is going to be based on a relationship with us. So that's a business to business sale. In the commercial world, you may not even know the evaluation criteria, right? Evaluation criteria is, is a formal thing in the government world. In the commercial world, it may be, well, I feel like this or that, especially if you're talking a, a personal acquisition, right? You decide to buy something, you go to Amazon, you click on the one that's the brightest and shiniest, right? That's the whole evaluation criteria. That might be all that matters. Even if you're, even if you're buying a building, if it, an office is, sorry, a company is buying a building, they're not required to tell you all of the features that they're going to make their decision based on. They might, but they're not required to, right? That is a very different setup than how it works in the business to government space. In the business to government world or GovCon, which is what we talk about here every week, (laughs) the sale can be much more process than relationship. And that's where we started with the original 80-20 rule podcast, episode number two way back when was there's so much process in the government world. Even if you have all the relationships that you have in the commercial world, if you don't understand the process, you won't be able to close the deal or make the sale or win the contract. Right. And in a business to government space, the process tends to be bigger than the relationship. When the government buys a product or service, the agreement is going to be based on some established processes, things like clauses, whether there's an IDIQ contract that applies, whether it's awarded through GSA, specific set of rules. You have to be in SAM to be able to get most contracts. SAM's the system for word management, which we have podcasts about. These are all part of the process that would not be required if you were selling to a business. Plus, the process to award, going back to what I said a minute ago, can be or oftentimes must be clearly mapped out so that the winner is not chosen, they're revealed. Meaning that what were the evaluation criteria going to be? You know them up front. You submit a proposal based on what they are. If they're not followed, you get to protest. That whole process is inherently different than what happens in the, in the private sector. Yeah, the government has to follow this the evaluation criteria that they've published and shared with everyone. And the winner is the one that best meets those evaluation criteria. The government is such a big buyer. They can afford to have a massive process, lots of hurdles for companies to get through in order to win business. In the commercial world, process is generally minimized because in most cases you're competing against many legitimate competitors. You may build all the relationships in the world between buyers and suppliers. But if as a buyer, your processes to buy are too complicated, some sellers may move on to other buyers. And we even talked about that a little bit in the, in the other transaction authority episode we did a few weeks ago, <laughs> because th- that the whole point of that is to minimize that, that friction, we'll call it, of a complex buying process, because the government has a complex buying process. So complex that if you're not in it sooner in the, in, in, in the early stages of the process, i.e. in the market research zone, by the time you get to the end, you might not even be eligible to win 
compared to, and I can tell stories about this in the business to business space, you could show up at the end. And because you have a relationship, they say, you know what? Yeah, well, let's, we'll let you enter the competition and you win the contract. You could show up in the selection zone in a B2B market and still win. That's pretty much impossible to do <laughs> in the government space. Again, we're talking 80-20 as in the amount of process to relationship. 80% process, 20% relationships, or 80% relationships, 20% process. And remember, it's not mathematical law, and it's not either 80-20 or 20-80, right? It's a ratio. It could be 1% 99% or 49% 51%. It just has to add to 100, right? Exactly. And, but the point is, you need to know what could that ratio be. That's, that's the, the essence of what we're talking about here is if you don't have any idea where that ratio is going to fall on the thing that you're trying to sell the government, you could be walking into a propeller. Right. right. It's, it's more, is this more relationship or more process? In Correct. general terms, it's not about, I got it, I got it. This one is 67% relationship, <laughs> right? That's, exactly. that's not a thing. You'll also hear us call the 80-20 rule the, the process to relationship ratio or PRR if you want to add another acronym to your life. <laughs> it's important to think about it this way because the PRR, the 80-20 moves. It, it's flexible. It applies in different degrees depending on the variables of the acquisition you're looking at. There are a lot of variables that affect the, the process to relationship ratio for now, for today, let's just focus on one of them, which is the size of the acquisition. And we're talking size as in, in dollar amount, mostly, although the com yeah, dollar value. Com complexity yeah. is, is part of it as well, but that's sort of another value. We're, we're talking size. We're going to, we're going to think about this size from the government's perspective. What's a small, medium, or large acquisition for your company? is going to be different. But we're going to use three broad categories. Small acquisitions up to $250,000, medium acquisitions between $250,000 and $50 million, and large acquisitions, everything over $50 million. For the smallest of acquisitions, again, up to $250,000, relationship wins over process in most cases. It's not difficult for the government to make small purchases, right? Not a lot of process, not a lot of craziness. This could be a credit card purchase. And how do you make a credit card purchase? Well, you usually go online, find what you want, enter your card number, hit a button, and it shows up same day or next day, right? That's, that doesn't take a lot of process. It's easy. But if you don't have the relationship, if you're not already in their mind as this is what I want to buy, it's going to be hard to win. Likewise, in this bucket, that 250000 that's the simple acquisition threshold as, as of today. So those are acquisitions that are made under FAR Part 13, which there's a minimal amount of process. We talk about those in, I think, episode 51, that the government can basically say, hey, we've got these three companies. We like this one. Again, I'm oversimplifying it, but it is much simpler. The amount of process is pretty small. And if you have a strong relationship and you're one of those three and they already like you, they could just pick you and move on. Part of it is just getting to be one of those three. They can- Correct. They, you, you Which is be relationship. The point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the relationship piece. 
All right, I'm going to skip over medium for the moment and and go to the large acquisitions. So giant government acquisitions, and we're going to say like over $50 million, also have a large relationship component. These are the kind of acquisitions where all of the process in the world may not matter because so many people are involved. When there's big dollars involved, it's it's a bigger job on the government side and there's more to win on the industry side. You can push this out to like a multi-billion dollar acquisition for aircraft or for a network or something. There's a lot of politics in this. It's touching, you know, maybe 15 different states or sir senators are suddenly involved. Right. There's a lot of complexity that their, their process is not zero, but it's a lot less because they, they have to still have to, you still have to be in SAM <laughs> to win these giant contracts. There's a tiny little process in it. You but, still have yeah. to submit a, a compliant proposal and all that. And for these giant acquisitions, the proposal itself can be quite massive. There's a lot of process behind getting that a, a compliant proposal submitted. What we're trying to describe here is the amount of influence that the process or the relationship has on whether you win or not. And for these giant acquisitions, the relationship rules. It, there's actually a process to the relationships, but that, but that's <laughs> that's go. that's going to confuse it more, right? We're either we're either talking the acquisition process, the the complexity of the solicitation and submitting a compliant proposal that that meets the evaluation criteria. That's what we're talking about as process, not the lobbying and influence process, right? That that's that's the relationship side of it. That's the people part of it, not the paper part of it. Yeah, very very good distinction that we could. That's a rabbit trail. <laughs> But it's an important one to think about. All right, back to medium. We talked about small and large. Medium-sized acquisitions, those right in the middle, that's where process can become much more important than relationships. Because these contracts are just big enough that there needs to be process behind them. Like a million-dollar contract. That's probably going to be either on a GSA contract or on in FAR Part 15. It can't be done uh, with, with in, in a, I'm going to say in a vacuum, but it can't be done in, by one or two people. There's going to be legal review. It becomes, we talk about the complex sale a lot of times, it becomes a complex sale because now you have multiple people looking at it. You get above 10 or, or $15 million in a lot of agencies. Now you have the competition advocate looking at this. What, was this a small business set aside? Who made that decision? All these extra process pieces kick in between 250 and 50, sorry, between 250,000 and 50 million that weren't as prevalent or even existed, didn't even exist in the small ones. Yeah. And so not knowing what these processes are and how they influence what the acquisition strategy could be, whether or not you're even eligible to compete, let alone win, they show up here much more than they did in the smalls. Let me clarify there at $250,000 at that size of acquisition, more complexity, more rules, more regulations, more processes kick in. It's not like $50 million is a ceiling and and those go away after $50 million or a new set applies. It's just that once we arbitrarily chose $50 million, once you get above $50 million or so, that's where this thing starts getting big enough that it becomes more important and therefore industry pulls out the stops and starts putting more effort into swinging it their way. There's much more uh, shaping going on. Not that there's not shaping at the lower levels, 
but the amount of focus on the relationships to win becomes much greater when there's more to win. And, and the ability of the shaping to impact the entire process is higher when you get over 50 million. So if someone comes, if, some, if, if a lobbyist is going to contact somebody, it's not going to be for a $2 million contract. I'm not going to get a call as a contracting officer. I'm not going to get a call from my congress, congressman or congresswoman for a $5 million contract. I did get a call for a $100 million contract. So it starts to change the calculus and the relationship pendulum ratio changes. But the, the meat of where the, the process overrides the relationship is going to be in that middle section and those medium acquisition. So to summarize, small acquisitions up to $250,000 or so, there is a lot of relationship involved because the process is small. Very large acquisitions, $50 million and up, that relationship takes over for different reasons. And we did a whole episode about that. Was it uh, 126 was the last time we talked 80-20, where we first talked about how the ratio flips when acquisitions get large to, to more relationship than process. And right in between the medium size acquisitions are where we spend most of our time with the podcast talking about these things, where the process can trump the relationship. And, and that's most of where we spend our time from a consulting and training perspective. Like this is where most of our customers live. That's why most of our content is, is here as well. All right. As you may have guessed, we are not talking about execution time zones here. This is all within the acquisition time zones. We focused the 80-20 rule on the acquisition side, the requirement zone. How does the government build requirements? Well, there could be a relationship there. You could influence the requirements if you have a relationship. Market research zone is where most of the communications going on, all of the targeting and shaping conversations, this is where relationships matter. And just speaking of, and to jump back to the sizes, the decision on whether this is going to be a small acquisition, i.e., let's just buy it on the credit card. It's going to be a large one of, wow, we got to get this through lots of players, or this is going to be a $5 million action and we're going to get it done in the next two months. That decision of, of how large this particular acquisition is going to be is going to be, will be made during the market research zone. So if you show up in the RFP zone after that decision is already made and you don't have a relationship and it's going to be a simplified acquisition procedure, you see the problem here. Yeah. You got to be thinking about this ahead of time. Yeah. You just get to follow the process in the RFP zone and submit your proposal. In the selection zone, this is where as we discussed, the, the winner is revealed as a result of the process in the previous zones. The government's handcuffed here. They get to follow the process they've laid out. So all the relationship in the world may not matter if you don't meet the criteria. And we've both had experiences in our careers as contracting officers where during a source selection, the lead horse in the race, the, the, the one that everyone thought was going to win, the one that the users wanted to win, didn't win. And that was because they didn't follow the process. They, they lost the process game. And I couldn't, as the contracting officer, award the contract to them because they either weren't compliant in their proposal or they missed an evaluation criteria. They, they didn't do a good job of, of meeting the criteria in an area that was super important and somebody else beat them. I couldn't award to them if I wanted to. Yeah, I like the, the phrase handcuffed is the right way to look at it. And so the process can handcuff the contracting officer 
to, it, to the chagrin of the customer. That was an awkward conversation. It's like you said, I, I literally couldn't award the contract enough. All right, government folks. What we're trying to explain here is that a misalignment of the 80-20 rule, the, the process to relationship ratio expectations leads to frustrations. If your contractors don't understand your process, if they haven't been involved in the back and forth ahead of time, if they don't have the relationships to understand what you really want to buy versus what the words say, that's where you get to questions and and potentially protests and challenges. I know in in the situations where I couldn't award to the lead horse in the race, you inevitably get a protest because they feel like it was theirs. And then they find out they, they screwed up the, the process. Yeah, the, the frustration comes from the contractor thinking that this is going to be 80% relationship and 20% process, like, like it's a $10,000 credit card buy. And they find out, oh, for this $25 million contract, it's 51%. I'll make it up numbers to tell a story. It's 51% process and 49% relationship. And that is maddeningly frustrating for them when they find out at the end. So to avoid that, explain as much as you can what the process is. What are the evaluation criteria going to be? What do you anticipate the acquisition plan looking like? And the more you can talk through that, again, during the market research zone and during the requirement zone, the less frustrated they're going to be. Yeah. Posting a short video on YouTube of you talking through what you mean to do, what you intend to do with this solicitation that you're releasing or this draft that you're releasing, they'll find the discrepancies between what you say you want to do and what, and what you wrote down, right? The industry will help you write a better and, and more protest proof solicitation. All right. Over on the industry side, industry folks, remember in small contracts, relationships often lead the way that that's where the power is. Yeah, we talked about the, the micro-purchase in episode 301 and then the simplified acquisition procedures in episode 51. But the, these are things like purchase orders. They're, they're relationship-driven. I mean, it's effectively marketing to a customer who knows what you buy. This feels a lot like a B2, or it can feel a lot like a B2B sale. Business to business, yeah. This is marketing advertising. They, they know about you. They can buy to you with very little process. You get to that medium-sized contract level over the simplified acquisition threshold. New rules kick in, new approvals apply, new oversight. You need to, to change the way that you relate to your government customers. There's new people you have to relate to, right? It's not just making sure that the buyer, the contracting officer, knows who you are and uses their credit card to, to buy your product off your website, right? Now, you might need to know that small business representative, Right, You might need to know the small business office in order to get an acquisition shifted to a small business set aside. The process can override the relationship because if you, if you don't understand things, to use your small business set aside rule, if you don't understand the process is if you don't set this aside for small business, you need the small business specialist to sign off on why you didn't. That's a document somebody has to write. Where are they getting the knowledge to put in that? Through relationship and conversation. Hopefully with you, if you're trying to get this set aside for a small business, right? But if you think that, that the country officer just makes this decision in a vacuum and you're just talking to them, yeah, it's not going to work. And once it's not set aside for small businesses, if you're a small business, you get to compete with everyone, including large businesses, right? The process has, has, has already overcome you. 
<laughs> there you go. And as we discussed before, in the largest of contracts, in fifty million or or add a couple zeros to that five billion dollar acquisitions, right? This is where relationships and politics rule. You can still screw up the process. You can screw up the process, but many decisions are made for non-process reasons, and the process is written and adjusted to to preordain the winner to 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 make that decision reality. Right. So that's where shaping is everything. Remember that the acquisition team didn't write the FAR. They didn't write all the processes, but they do have to follow it. I'll drop in one FAR reference before we get to the end because we like to have one in every episode. Well, that's not why I'm saying it. It's relevant. FAR 1.602B, no contract shall be entered into unless the contracting officer ensures all requirements of law, executive orders, regulations, and all other applicable procedures, including clearances and approvals, are met. They have to follow the rules. And that's how you can lose an acquisition that you, by all other measures, should win by tripping over one of the process road bumps. And before we all roll our eyes and complain about how complex the government process is, Think about how your organization buys. You work for a company with a couple hundred employees or a couple thousand employees. My, my bet is that there's a threshold like this. It's not the numbers are going to be the same, but there's some process that often kicks in when you get above a certain dollar threshold. Like say a senior vice president can spend $10,000. There are lots of government employees who can spend $10,000. So there's these processes exist. And I think that based on doing business to business sales, We've run into this ratio on the, the B2B side. Just want to say it's different. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's process, but they're, they're, it's going to be different. Yeah. In a lot of the commercial world, the the thresholds are much lower for, uh, for, for control reasons, right? They, they don't want yeah. company money being spent without understanding what it's being spent for. So sometimes it's surprising how, how little authority that uh, industry folks have to, to buy on their own versus government people. But it's all about how much you buy, how, how big of things you buy. Anyway, I'm getting way off the topic. I think that's it for today, Kevin. Yeah, to wrap it up, the 80-20 rule, it's a, it's a precept, not a mathematical law. And, and the way we help people understand that it's a moving target is think of it like a process to relationship ratio. And with that, I'll talk to you later, Kevin. All right, I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. You can find playlists of podcasts collected in different themes on the Skyway Acquisition website. Go to skywayacq.com slash COP. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.